Hey guys, how's it going? I'm your host, Steven. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa! Calm down, Steven. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Always 2. There are a Star Wars discussion podcast. I'm Josiah, here with my co-host, Steven. Hello. Steven, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Just trying something different this time. Did it work? No, I didn't think so. Hey, guys, how's it going? I'm your host, Steven. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Calm down, Steven. Here with my guest host, Josiah D's Nuts. Okay, my God. We're starting off strong Rain it in, Steven. (laughs) My God. Wow. I'm deleting everything. It's all going down the drain. Anyway. This week, we are back in the studio to talk about episode six of the Disney Plus original series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, Steven, quick, overall, thought, single thought, just one. Very happy the show's over. Oh, that was sad. That is not true. I really liked it. I thought overall it was a great series. And for this particular episode, I think the only major, major gripe I had with it were the God Rocks. I thought That's valid. I thought they were over the top. And I've talked about this before in our What's Wrong with Disney episodes, the, the Marvelization. It really felt like they were trying to make Kenobi a superhero and have that when he comes out of the rubble and he lifts all the rocks behind him. It really felt like they were trying to make it a superhero moment. It's just, it's not Star Wars. It's not the Jedi or the Sith. Like, the Sith do go for, like, the grandiose powers. But they're not, like, let me levitate off the ground with my arms out to my sides, raising up as, like, an array of rocks. Just He wasn't off the ground. I know, but it, it was similar imagery. He wasn't off the ground. Yeah, but we it's... also generally see people, when they use the Force for telekinesis, they're using their hands to motion. Right, but and he it, wasn't doing that. It, it, I was going more for the the symbology of it, like you symbology. Can, is that yes. a word? Yeah, symbolism. Symbolism. The symbology. No, symbolism is the word you're. We'll, we'll for. ask my linguistics friend if symbology is is an okay word to. Have I think it's a use. valid amalgamation of syllables, but I don't think it's a word. Probably I just said about. Ab- oh, oh. I just had a Caesar. I just had, you had a, a Caesar. I had a Caesar. Was it, was, it delicious? Yeah, it was great. It was really good. It was a little one, a little Caesar. I love pizza. But other than that, like, I loved the the dialogue exchange between Vader and Kenobi. Oh my god, it was amazing. The entire episode was amazing. Supposedly Vader cries, or I should say Anakin. Anakin cries during that. And you can see a tear go down his cheek. Bro, when, uh when. When he hits the helmet and you see Anakin's face and then you hear Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones' voice switching back and forth. Right. And then you see the switch. You can watch his eyes. His eyes go from uh, when he says, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. 
I am what remains. And you see his eyes go from whatever color Hayden Christensen's eyes are to yellow. Right. And it's like, oh, my God. It no, was, I thought that oh, was really, it was amazing. I thought that was well done. Um, <sighs> and was, I, I liked the idea of, like, uh, you weren't – what was the exact line? It was like, you weren't my failure. I'm not your greatest failure. Yes. Um. I can't remember the line. Crap. Give me two seconds. Yeah, he goes, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready for this train wreck. <laughs> why Why do you have to be this way, Stephen? Because you're talking into an empty bottle. He says, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I am what... Re- He's British now. I am what remains. Oh, it got worse. It got worse. It got so much worse. <laughs> okay. But on this line, what did you think? Because they're recontextualizing Obi-Wan's point of view. Yeah, yeah. The infamous from a certain point of view. Because now it's it's not really Obi-Wan's point of view. Where it was like, oh, Vader killed Anakin. It's Anakin's point of view. Because up until now, Obi-Wan has always referred to him as Anakin. Yeah. He's never called him Darth Vader. Unless he's like referring to him to other people. And he's like, Vader will come for us. But whenever he's talking to Vader himself, he's like, Anakin. And then he says, I killed Anakin and I'm what remains. And Obi-Wan's like, your point of view is valid. Darth by and yeah. I noticed did you notice he called him by this title? He, he said Darth, which was really funny. He's like, that's not a name. Right, but when they made a new hope and he calls him Darth before they fight in scene thirty eight, he I think it was a, Lucas originally intended Darth to be his first name and not a title. And that's why he kept calling him Darth, not Vader or Darth Vader. So I think this was, I think him saying goodbye, Darth, was more of just a reference to the idea that it was supposed to be a name, not a title, I think. Well, also a reference to him calling him Darth in A New Hope. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked that whole, I also thought this fight was uh, very good. Oh, it was amazing. Yes. It was so amazing. I just didn't like the God Rocks. I also didn't like... I thought it was overdone when, like, it broke my suspension of disbelief when Kenobi is pelting Vader with these giant boulders that would otherwise crush him. So, so those are big boulders. Yeah, but at least Vader didn't get pushed into a rock that poked him in the back and gave him Avatar powers, because that would have been crazy. Welcome back to our podcast uh, <laughs> about Avatar The Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan Masamasan. No, I, uh, I really loved that fight. Um, choreography was amazing. Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader, a.k.a. Darthy Darth, is really, really bad at killing people. <laughs> <laughs> he he's bad at killing people he's on screen. So bad. He's really good at killing people off screen and in video games. I mean, like he Revo survives twice. 
Um, he buries Obi-Wan, but then just leaves him there. Obi-Wan gets his Spider-Man moment where he... Uh, his come on, Spider-Man. You'll get there. Nope, I won't. Sp- insert Spider-Man Homecoming quote by Tony Stark when he says, if you... If you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. I got there. I got there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't remember that line. Anyway, uh, yeah, Spider-Man was under a building, and then he lifted it up and got out. And then Obi-Wan was under a building, and he lifted it up and got out. Cue the marvelization of Star Wars is a running theme that we'll continue to bring up and point back to our old first first few episodes uh, when we talked about what's wrong with Star Wars. Sith. I'm old Jedi. Wrong voice. Unlimited power. I, I really wanted Ray. I really wanted Ray in that scene to just be like, and I am Iron Man. No, I just needed, and I am all the Jedi, and then. That's Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Luke, I am your father. Father. Anyway, um, the fight with Vader. Fight with Vader. Yeah, I overall, I thought it was good um, as far as lightsaber fights go in the recent years. I, I do think it was much more choreographed. It was much more choreographed. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, Hayden Christensen and Obi Wan Kenobi, and Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are like two of the most committed. To the choreography. They also, from my understanding, they have a good like off-screen rapport with each other. So I, I think that really helps a lot because they can really play into each other because they want to. Yeah. It, it's not like they're two strangers who are just like, we're here to do a job, so let's just kind of do it. Yeah. They're, they have that level of rapport where when they start the lightsaber fights, they probably revert to being like, Five-year-olds with sticks in the backyard having a stick fight. Yeah, yeah. So. Eventually, me and Steven will have said rapport when we record our <laughs> epic duel. We do our lightsaber choreography? Uh, eventually, eventually. How cringe do we want to make it? Um, 70%. Okay, that's a good amount of cringe. Okay, cool. Um, what has he got for us, Steven? I'm looking at my notes here, and all I see are God Rocks are over the top. That's because you know You that. have two pages of notes, and that's all you're getting right now? Yeah. That's because we just started talking, so. Not really to the final product, but. Um, after this, we. I, th- I think it cuts to. After, like, the fight where we see. Uh, I think before Vader and Obi-Wan start actually talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, we cut back I, to I think we Tatooine. cut to Tatooine, and Reva is now at the farm. And Well, we cut... Before that, we see... Like, at the um, beginning of the episode... How does Owen know... That Reva's coming? Exactly. I don't, I don't remember exactly how that goes down. So, if we... At the beginning of the episode, we cut to Reva being on Tatooine. Yeah. So yeah. she manages to get from uh, Jabim to Tatooine like super super fast. And which you know, I used to harp a lot on the sequels because Ray was able to like get all over the place in less than a day, 
and Lando was rallied the galaxy in under 16 hours, which was the deadline Palpatine had set. But in reality, like hyperspace travel, it, it's however fast it needs to be for the story. And it's something we've never really like, it's never been a problem in like Clone Wars or in the previous movies. I mean, literally in the other movies, it's like, I'm traveling to Geonosis. All right, I'm there. Yeah. Like in canon, it will be like, whoop, and that was it. Right, it's it's some of the things where, you know, when they're traveling to Alderaan and New Hope, it takes enough time for them to go over some basic training with Luke between Luke and Obi-Wan, and they can lounge in, like... But, I mean, Tatooine is on the outer rim, Alderaan is... Is in the core. Yeah. Right. So, but I mean, going from Geonosis, which is on the other side of the galaxy from Tatooine. Anyways, uh... But she gets there and she's like in line to get water or food or whatever in Anchorage. Yeah, I think it's Anchorage. yeah, yeah. And we see the we see the foreman from the meat place. Yeah, slap the water out of somebody's hand or something. Yeah, and he's just like, "It's my turn. You can have what's left over." And then Reva's just like, "No, the force." And uh, she's like, "Where's Owen Lars?" And then Owen and Luke walk into like a repair shop, like a parts shop. And then that guy who was at the who's like yeah, running the stand yeah, is like yeah, yeah. Owen, you need to hear this. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Then we get to see Owen Owen takes Luke back and lies to his face. Um, as you do with children. We we get to see Owen kind of panic and is obviously like as as adamant as he is about protecting Luke, is very obviously not prepared for this moment. And right. then Baru is just like I got this. Pulls a gun out of the wall and she's like, we need to get ready. And Owen's like, what is happening right now? I was slightly disappointed when that gun turned out to be a blaster. I thought it was going to be like the Sand People's guns because it, it's the same like body, you know, the wood stock and everything. So I was like, this is a projectile and Reva's going to go to block a blaster bolt and it's not going to happen. She's going to have some metal projector go projectile go straight through her blade turn into slag and like wound her in the arm or something and i was gonna like this is gonna give owen and baru a fighting chance to get luke out against reva but then they were just blasters wow that was impressive i had no thought in my mind anywhere near what you had just just described (laughs) Well, because when she pulled it out and I saw it, I was like, that looks just like the Sand People guns. I didn't even know the Sand People used metal projectiles. Yeah. In Phantom Menace, they shoot them at the pod racers. Yep. In my head, those are blaster bolts. Nope. Well, <laughs> they're I'm regular old bullets. So wrong. That seems <laughs> inefficient. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, was just, I thought it was really cool to see, like, Baru just... A boss. Yeah, it was great. Um... Yeah, seeing the when Riva does finally show up, it was rough. Cause like, I don't know the Kenobi especially kind of plays around with power dynamics, with like how powerful people are and how powerful the story needs them to be. Yeah, cause like the Mandalorian, it feels consistent in that. Like, Mando is a great shot, uh, a moderately good tactician, 
he is good at hand to hand combat, but he's in no way like a like master, right? Right. And that stays consistent for the entire show. Yeah, he just needs his disintegrator. Reva will either be the most powerful person we've ever seen or the most incompetent not be able to take down two regular old people with a bolt action blaster well that's a that's a that's a thing you just said what a bolt action blaster well yeah but it's a thing okay most blasters are modeled after our guns well yes i know yeah like i don't know like she the 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 way that we've seen her use the force it does it it the scene needs her to do what it needs her to do exactly and it just kind of it takes the stakes away yeah this is a i think this is just an issue with modern storytelling in television and movies is they tend not to follow an internal consistency anymore because now it's it's more about it's either about the action and being just pure entertainment or it's about whatever like the story needs to happen in order to get to the end of the story and so you'll end up like in the first and second acts you end up with a lot of contrivances or a lot of plot armor and conveniences because the writers are more concerned about that third act climax like punchline yeah bummer it kind of breaks your suspension of disbelief a little bit but all in all it's cool to get to see more of uh owen and baru um yeah reva kind of sucks at killing people again i already we already talked about that yeah but yeah yeah it's just i think a good she shouldn't way shouldn't be alive period i think a good way for that have to played out is if she'd walked up to the farm and Owen confronts her outside and is just like, leave. You're not welcome here. And she's just like, tosses him aside with a wave of her hand. Because this is essentially what Vader does to her. But he's leaps and bounds more powerful than her. So she then reflects that on Owen, who she is leaps and bounds more powerful than. I thought I think that would be a good like visual juxtaposition of like, she's not strong, but relatively because there are people who she can just womp on. And it would also, I think, speak to that she really isn't learning her lesson quite yet. Um, and then she walks in and Baru is like screaming, trying to fight her off. And she tosses her aside too, finds Luke. And in this sequence, we're like cutting between this sequence and a sequence of Obi-Wan rushing to get back to Tatooine. And it's when she finally makes her way to Luke that that's when Obi-Wan also arrives. And now he's there to protect Luke from her. And does it right before she like gets into the room with Luke so Luke never actually sees her. So he can still remain his innocent nobody farm boy that he is in A New Hope. On his way to Tashi Station and power converters. <laughs> well, maybe uh, Owen should have sent him on an errand that day. He did. He said, run from the sand people. That's an errand. Uh, uh, 
I think going to Tashi Station to get some power converters would be a better errand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. We talked about the scene where they're talking to each other. Between the door, yeah. We did talk about that. We talked about the scene where Obi-Wan and Anakin like talk and that tearjerker. We did. I guess the last big thing to talk about is like Leia. Yeah, relative Leia to getting this home. episode. The last big thing is that last like 10 minutes where they have a very clear cut like emotional attachment to each other that is not at all represented in A New Hope. Like that message does not say like, hey, remember that time you and I went on this adventure together and you saved my life and I saved yours. You want to come help me again? It does. It does make sense that it's a little ambiguous. Her lightsaber is similar to Obi-Wan's in construction and that her son's name is Ben. To me, this feels like a retroactive thing. It's fine. I'm fine with that. To me, it feels retroactive because... I have a soft spot for Ben Solo, and you know this. Yeah, I mean, he was the best character out of the sequels, <sighs> hands so down. Poorly used. I would be okay with seeing more, more Ben Solo. I would, too, if it weren't for the fact that that would further entrench the sequels in canon. You need to get over the sequels, man. They're just... I, I can't. They're, they're so bad. You're fighting some demons that just <laughs> are not around anymore. Well. Um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed that scene. Um, it also, it infers that um, Roken and Bale now know each other. And, like, Bale knows of Roken, this man who, who is, like, actively working against the Empire. And, right. It does um, build a foundation it kinda for like, the... Rebellion. Gives, I hope we see Roken again. Yeah, I, I would, would. I would like to see Roken again. I think Skeleton Crew would definitely be a place we could see him. I think. I think some sort of interaction between him and Hera. Yeah, yeah. Because Hera, like from my understanding, Rebels is the infancy of the rebellion. You have a bunch of like independent rebel groups that kind of communicate to each other, but they're not. A formalized, quote unquote, government under Mon Mothma and so what you're thinking of is actually um, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. Two is where we actually see the infancy of the rebellion. Uh, we see right. Leia Organa and a bunch of other people. Right, because they found it at the end of the first Force Unleashed, right, on Kashyyyk in in Starkiller's old home. I don't remember. I think I want to think because it was like his family crest or whatever that is the phoenix symbol of the rebellion. I forgot that. Now I'm gonna. I've got to get a way to play through it, not on Switch, because right now I'm playing a different game. I've completely, <laughs> I've completely put it down. Yeah, I don't blame you based on how bad you said it is and it plays. But uh, I could hand it to you for two seconds and you'd be like, oh god. Yeah, I probably wouldn't even last for two seconds. Like, literally just hit the attack button and watch the animation for lightsaber. 
Anyway, we're not here to talk trash about Star Wars The Force Unleashed. We are here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 6. Um, yeah. Yeah, that final scene with Leia I thought was really great. Um, I loved seeing Obi-Wan finally kind of give up trying to, like, be all secretive about her parents and being like... Yeah. Because she obviously knows that she's not... She knows she's adopted. ...biological yeah. daughter. And so he is like... <clears throat> oh my god I can't remember what he says to her but he's like you're uh, I can't remember what he says about his about her mom he's like you get these qualities from your mother and then he's like you're passionate you're forthright and you're fearless and these are qualities you get from your father and it's just like yeah, it was a very touching scene I definitely... do you know what she also gets from both her parents <sighs> stubbornness yeah she is very stubborn, and so were her parents. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did. The only nitpicks I'd have about that scene are the fact that throughout the whole season, he goes by Obi-Wan slash Ben to Leia. And that she had that holster. Because I swear to God, it got blown up with Tala. So Man, Star Wars is so bad, even holsters have plot armor. <laughs> Uh, but I'm I am of the opinion that they did not know each other in a new hope and a new hope. So, but you are entitled to incorrect opinions. Okay. Um. Yeah, I do want to get into kind of an overall discussion of the series as a whole. Oh yeah. Um. I feel like we've tackled the the finale itself. Fairly, I wouldn't say thoroughly, because then our secret admirer would get on to me for not being thorough enough. But I do want to talk about the series as a whole, kind of how they wrapped up uh, things and what you think we could see going forward, um, what they set up for the future, etc. I don't um, think they really set anything up as far as Obi-Wan's concerned. No, I think Obi-Wan is done. His story is done. Uh, I think this is the last we see of. I think we may he might make a cameo in Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the this may be the last we see of Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi, which I think is okay. Yeah, I agree. It also might be the last we see of at least in any kind of visual. Uh, meaning of Qui Gon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think. I think Liam Neeson's voice is so distinctive that even as he gets older, I think it will still sound the same, the same way James Earl Jones's voice still sounds the same. Yeah. So I think we can get voiceovers of him in other shows as he is we need Qui-Gon's the, Force We goes. need the next Rebels. Yes. I would love that. We had Clone Wars for years, then we had Rebels for years, and like Resistance doesn't count. We need the next Rebels. We do. We need a follow-up series to Rebels. We need to know what happens to Ezra and Thrawn. That's, I think that's going to be addressed in Ahsoka. Which, yeah, that's what I heard, is that Thrawn, Thrawn will be... I don't mean like a sequel to Rebels. I mean we need the next big Star Wars show. Sure. Animated I, Star Wars show. And I, I think it wouldn't be bad if it was in the same vein, if that next show had... A relationship to Rebels the same way that Bad Batch has a relationship to Clone Wars. 
I don't know that Bad Batch is in and of itself its own show. Bad Batch is just like a branch of Clone Wars. Same animation style, same production team. It's just Clone Wars season 1A, 2A. Well, see, that's why I say, like, you have a point, but at the same time, because it's an entirely new cast of characters, it's an entirely new storyline, and it is not the same format of show in that it is not an anthology. It is a episode 1, episode 10 continuity story i would say it is better to describe it as a separate show because you don't need to have watched any of the clone wars to be able to watch bad batch like there are characters and references here and there but like to understand the characters of the bad batch omega and the storyline yeah you don't need to have watched a single episode of Clone Wars. I guess that's valid. I don't know. It's it's a true spin-off. Yeah, yeah. It's a very well done spin-off too. I don't know. I thought overall Kenobi was it was a good show. It definitely has its flaws. Yeah. Um and some of the flaws are technical. Like there are some acting issues. There are some cinematography issues. Like, I think the biggest cinematography issues are in that parkour sequence. Oh, my gosh. That was so bad. In episode two. That was so bad. It really was. It really was not good. And I I think a lot of it wasn't really Moses Ingram's acting in that sequence so much as it was, like, some of the weird camera angles they chose – like there was one where she jumped from one roof to the other and the camera was like down in the alley looking straight up and it's like why I I get like there are some some superheroes that that might work for like as far as like superhero parkour scenes go it was bad oh yes but I'm what I'm saying very poorly done like what I'm saying is like you would have that shot would make sense for say like Spider-Man because he is going from Rooftop to rooftop for Daredevil, but Thor, not really. Like, you want to be right next to Thor when he flies past. You don't want to be, like, underneath him. Like, as stupid as it is, I would have rather seen her just use the helicopter blade. Yeah. Oh, a It would have been shot. just as stupid, but continuity would have made sense. Continuity would have made sense, and then I think just... A wide shot of her using the helicopter blade to go from her rooftop to where she saw the actual blaster fight. It would make it would be the quickest way. It'd be the most direct way, and it would, yeah, it would. People would understand why it happened, even if they didn't like it. But I don't know. I guess they decided that a parkour scene would be more high octane. <laughs> Even though it took every single bit of action out of that scene. It did. It also took her the entire firefight to do it. It was like it was like when you take the sound effects out of a fight scene. It just takes all of like the yeah, the cinema out of it. It does. You know? It, it it yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it was just there were some there were some hiccups. Um I think overall it was good. 
I liked the way they handled Obi Wan and Leia's I actually relationship. Thought, well, I say Reva's development was hyper rushed. I actually thought Obi Wan's development was well paced, especially in Episode Four. Yeah, when we can actually see his skills with the saber coming back to him. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before because a lot of people have said like it happened too quickly, but. Um, anyone who like played an instrument in high school and then picks it up 30 years later will know like how right. quickly those skills come back. Right. It is, uh, it's a muscle memory thing. Yeah. And it's just like when you don't use it, you lose it. Kinda. You lose it with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. And when you start to do it again, you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I remember you do it this way or you do it like this. And then you start to remember how it felt, and then you can do it without thinking. And that's we. I liked that we could see that happening on screen. I yeah. thought that was well done. Yeah, it was um, a good time. Because before that, he like sucked. He couldn't do anything, and I think it makes sense for him to have run from Vader in Episode Three. I remember people, you know, comment sections across the interwebs. They were complaining like, "Oh, Obi Wan would never leave. He was a general." It's like. He, he was. was a general. He's a hermit now who hasn't touched or seen his lightsaber in 10 years. So, you know, he would run. And now that he was in the Fortorius Inquisitorius, <laughs> forced to use his I lightsaber. Forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot that's what that's we called our best, it. That's our best title. <laughs> it's our best title so far. Uh, he actually, he, he had to use it. He couldn't run. And he couldn't run because he had Leia with him this time. So. The Fortorius Inquisitorius is our uh, Patreon. Eventually when we have that. Like, <laughs> okay. That's our, that's our like, subscriber. Is, is our highest subscriber tier going to be called the Grandiose Inquisitorius? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Some of these names are great. Not going to lie. Yeah. Shout out not to Saber the Rainbow. Uh, that was a great name. I didn't like it. It's fantastic. I want feedback from our listeners how they liked Saber the Rainbow as a title of our lightsabers episode. Hey, just in general, what are our titles like? Yeah. I thought the title for Kenobi Episode 3 was... I don't remember what it was. It was uh, Kenobi Part 3, uh, Mole Man... I forget the other two. It was three things that were like, I guess, iconic to the episode. The Mole Man, that within that I think we spent some time discussing. Mole Man. It's fine. I don't remember. I remember which one you're talking about. I the only one who that's like jumped off the page at me was uh, Fortorius Inquisitorius. Oh, cause that one's great. And I came up with it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times. Um. Kenobi, do you have any final thoughts for the Kenobi series as a whole? We may we may revisit we'll revisit the series as we go throughout the Yeah, we'll probably reference back to it a the lot. The original trilogy, um the Obi Wan and Qui Gon character episodes, etc. Oh, so, definitely. We'll we'll reference ref, ref, reference it. Yeah. So we'll anything that we lot. like didn't cover. Um also if you like anything that we missed and you want to hear more about uh, like, let, us let us know, email, comment, etc. We will uh, 
we would love to interact. And if we, if we get enough of those questions, like we can do an episode that's just answering like the things that we missed and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, I think as far as Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney plus original series goes, what? I was going to say, I, I do hope, cause I've heard a lot of rumors and I hope they're all false. That they're going to do a Reva spinoff. You can hear the sigh. The just. A... It's like a young Reva. I may be okay with it. If it is like a young Reva getting into the um, Inquisitors, that means more fifth brother. That means more Grand Inquisitor. And that means more Vader, which I would be okay with. Anyway. I would not mind... A generalized Inquisitor spinoff. I wouldn't mind a show that follows Trilla and the Fifth Brother. Uh, I'd like to, I guess, learn a little bit more about the brothers and sisters that appear only in the comics, and then whoever this other sister is with, like the little head tentacle things, that was in Kenobi, but she had like three lines, and we never learned her name or what her number was. Yeah, I don't think. Um, I would love there. an Inquisitor spinoff because that just means more Vader, more Inquisitor, like more Grand Inquisitor. That yeah, that would also be more likely to have Cal in it, and so Quinlan too. Um, I would be you know back on that whole we're gonna see him in live action train, which I have <laughs> left a while back now. Yeah, that but was yeah. like back in episode three. You're just um, like I don't think it's happening. What was your favorite part of the series? Like, favorite moment? Oh, man. My favorite moment in this series... It was probably the escape sequence from the Inquisitor Fortress. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Because I just... It was so well done, I thought. Um, yeah. Seeing I, his skills come back in progression was very, very cool. It was. Uh, and I would say that's probably my favorite part by leaps and bounds. Because I, I like it was an entertaining show, but I, I did find issues with the overall story. Yeah, mostly it was rushed. I feel, I feel, I think this show should have been at least ten episodes to have much better pacing for character development. Yeah, and I don't see why not. Because all their other shows have been ten episodes, at least eight. Because I think Mando. Was eight. Uh, Boba Fett might have been seven. Six has been the go-to for the last couple Marvel shows, and so I think they're settling into that. Um, I think it's too few, unless they're willing to do like hour and twenty-minute episodes. But I noticed in Boba Fett, some of them were like thirty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Which is just like then just do sixteen thirty-minute episodes like you do with uh, Clone Wars. But. Yeah. What about you? What's your... I think, generally speaking, it was the final duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And then, more specifically, the, the moment when Obi-Wan cuts his mask open and then their, that was a their good... conversation after that. I think the best effects in the show was switching between mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen and... Uh, and I think Earl that Jones was by voice. far the best moment of acting in the entire show. Yeah, I would agree with that. Obi-Wan killed it. Ewan McGregor knocked it out of the park in that scene. Then we got to see Hayden Christensen actually... 
behind the mask too. Like hearing Anakin's voice behind the mask was like hit really deep. But hearing it as and I actually really enjoyed, like I like um, Matt Latner as Anakin, but I also like Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is Darth Vader. Right, and hearing Hayden Christensen's voice as Anakin, some it hit behind, something so deep. It did. Man. It Especially did. when just... he like screams, because it it reminds you that like Obi Wan is not or uh, Darth Vader, especially in this scene, is not as old as we all like think. Because like in the original trilogy, he's forty. He's forty, and he feels seventy, like sixty or seventy. He does. But like this reminds you, like that 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 is a thirty year old man under there. It is. Yeah. And ugh, it was. I want I want more Vader. Because I think and Vader I think was... I think we're more likely to get more Hayden Christensen as Vader than more Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, and I'm okay with that. I think Ewan, it, Ewan McGregor no Hayden Christensen is in the same spot that Andrew Garfield has been for years, in that he wasn't a poor cat poor casting. Um, he was poorly written, and I will say his I act, assume his you're acting, referring to hold on, Andrew I'll get Garfield there. as I'll get Spider-Man. there. I'll get there. He he was well casted, he was poorly written, and the difference is his acting was legitimately bad in the prequel trilogy. And Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man was the same way. Amazing casting. Some would even say better than Tom Holland. He was terribly written, and um, like he knocked that part out of the park every single time, except he was... The, the the dialogue was just written poorly. So, yeah, I really hope that both of those guys will get some, some redemption. Yeah. In the... I do think that Hayden Christensen got the short end of the stick in the prequels. I think he will. I think we've had, like, like basically confirmed that he'll be in Ahsoka. Uh, I hope which so. I'm looking forward to. Ahsoka happens after Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he thinks she's dead at this point, also, which is crazy. He well, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, because she original continuity, she died in the temple. Yes, but the new continuity, she didn't. Mm-hmm. He saw her get pulled out, so he would know that she's alive, but somewhere. Okay. Anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, it has been a pleasure. This episode was a a difficult one to get recorded. The it, it uh, was we had uh, some issues. Had to stop recording and come back today. Yeah, well, uh, the the first ten to fifteen minutes were recorded a week ago, and then the following however many minutes this episode turned out to be um, were recorded a week later. So just as a heads up. If the audio sounds different, our voices sound different, the volume levels, etc., that is because um, it was a it was a trek to get here. But hey, it was we we're, got here. We are here. We at the end of Obi Wan Kenobi. We finally did it a month later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Unfortunately, but yeah. But what's uh? A, what's our next episode? Our next episode will either be lightsaber forms, lightsaber forms, or 
um, we are going to soon start our way through the movies. And we're going to start with the original trilogy, so the first episode will be A New Hope. We'll, we'll do them in the release order. Yeah. 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 And then we'll go through the prequels and the sequels. Um, and the spinoffs. Yeah. Uh, but next week, we are not going to have an episode. Yes. Uh, sadly, next week will be the first week that we will not release an episode. Um, I will be out of town for the for recording and so we just there's there's no time in between now and then to to sit down and record so unfortunately we will not have an episode next week but we will be back the following week with um a new hope and or lightsaber forms i have a feeling lightsaber forms will probably be a friday release Probably, probably um just with the way that we've been going um but yeah it has been a pleasure steven any final final words what are your, do you have any last words? <laughs> I have a last word. Oh, well. I'll Alrighty. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can reach us with any questions, comments, and concerns at all, at a2ta.humancyborgrelations at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave a review on Spotify or Podbean and other places that let you leave reviews. But those comments. Are, those are the two that I know of. You can also leave comments on Podbean, but there's a weird thing that won't let me read them online. I have to get the app. And Interesting, because I, just... I was able to read. Well, that's unfortunate. I was able to read <laughs> anyway, it. Anyway, uh, there's no This Week in current video game um, this week, as I have not played any Star Wars video games since last recording. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Unity, and I am enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, well, that's not Coder 2. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm taking a break. That's fair. Anyway, we will see you next time with A New Hope and or Lightsaber Forms. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Already. Adios.